0: we
1: Uh, we in the marbles. What? In the marbles.
2: Hey guys, welcome to episode 36 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. I am Ethan. You can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan.
1: My name's Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore
2: Hunter. Man, 36. First thing that, first driver that comes to mind when you think of 36 in NASCAR.
1: Well, there's two uh in the same car from when I was uh I guess about fifteen, sixteen years old. It's gonna be Ernie Irvin and uh, Ken Schrader. Okay. The yeah. Skittles and M M's cars. The first Skittles and M M's cars.
2: Of course. Yeah. Ken Schrader in that the legendary M M's paint scheme was definitely my my choice as well.
1: The Skittles one was weird. It was it- a uh it was the first Skittles scheme. I think didn't Kyle Bush do it? A, a retro paint yes. scheme with that it was like an actual rainbow yes that came off the front of the car yeah it so just it looked it was, weird it was weird but there wasn't a precedent for a skills paint scheme correct nowadays it's pretty much just a red car would well I'd say nowadays too soon maybe yeah, yeah way too soon <laughs> um previously yeah it was it wound up being just like a red car with actual skittles on the side of it.
2: Right. But yeah. this
1: was before they wrapped the whole car.
2: Very true, yeah.
1: Even I I don't even think the M&M's car was a whole wrap. I think they just had M&M's decals that they stuck down the side of the bottom.
2: Man, so much more work went into paint schemes back then than there is today.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh physically and I mean honestly, design-wise, I feel like too because now most of the paint schemes when I was a kid were actually designed by the same person right I guess nowadays they're just whatever the sponsor wants and some graphic person somewhere puts it together on a computer and prints it out but Mm -hmm. Sam Bass was the guy that designed everything when I was a kid
2: that's true yep I remember those days
1: he designed everything yeah it's just crazy i was like man what a job like i feel like i could do that but i'm not artistic enough right like i can come up with some cool designs for some cars but just not artistic enough to put it to paper see i've always been very opposite
2: i'm always a really big fan of the solid colors mm-hmm. like uh like uh Kyle Bush, when he created the k b m uh chapter for the Xfinity series, it was that monster energy car. It was an all black car with monster logos
1: i'm well i'm very uh I'm similar when it comes to the styles of cars I tend to create right usually it's bold colors that contrast really well and basic designs, yeah, like basic shapes that come out to be certain things you know not not necessarily some crazy uh, unique swish down the side of it that's got some gradient pattern inside of it, but you know nothing, nothing flashy. You know, it. Like some of my favorite schemes are Rusty Wallace's Miller Genuine Draft car, right? And that's basically just uh, that's a black car with a gold line around the bottom with a thin red line separating the two,
2: right? And I I love that. You know, like it, the more simple or the better, I
1: think that, that's exactly it. Simple, simple is good. If the colors are right, simple is good. You know, like Davy Allison's uh white car, right? Yeah, it's I mean, it's all of our are in the marbles. Uh, that paint job is in the marbles, uh, logo, right? And I shared on Twitter not too long ago that uh, I painted that car in the dirt track racing game, yes, and it's it took me maybe 20 minutes to do it yeah because that design isn't in there i just got a solid car mm-hmm. and um actually i think I, I got a a solid car that had like a weird um it had kind of a uh, slant design where the back half of the car was painted all one color but the front end of the car was painted a different color gotcha yeah but the slant was too far forward and angled So I couldn't really use the slant. Mm. So what I did was I covered, like I I made a design on it where the back, the back end of the car stayed, stayed black and the front end of the car stayed white. Right. But I made the golden red stripes at the angle I wanted and then took a white that matched the front of the car uh, decal, just a plain shaped decal and put over the black that bled through onto the other side of the stripes because it had too much of an angle on it. And it worked out great. Only I had to run a black line across the bottom of it because nothing lined up properly with it. But other right. than that, I'm saying all this, like everybody went to my Twitter <laughs> and saw it. Yeah. But I mean, it really didn't take that much to do. And it looks great. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I think you tagged me in it. And
2: I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, that is spot on, amazing. I love it. And I just hope that... And we'll get into it a little bit later, you know, kind of maybe in the news and stuff. But hopefully if I when I get my edition or my my copy of that, I find that creative outlet kind of like yours, because I would love to kind of create an in the marbles, you know, race car looking race car on that video game uh, just because I think it would be so much fun.
1: Um, I wish that it was a it was more in depth with the paint booth. Mm-hmm. But it has the basic shapes that you can use to create pretty much what you want. You have like forty layers, I think, total. Okay. So you got a little bit of room to play with there if you're smart with your layers. Um, not a lot you can do as far as sponsor decals. That's just that is what it is. You know, they're not gonna. They don't have like Texaco and, you know, they don't Good have Ranch r- and that mm-hmm. kind. Of, no, no route. Yeah, that's right. Which, which really just
2: it. It really just irks my, my gears, you know, grinds my gears that can't have rowdy energy on that video game.
1: I wish that it took the Gran Turismo route. Gran Turismo seven on PS five. You can um upload images to a server mm-hmm. and you can download them in the game. Oh nice. That's how I was able to create all of my past race cars.
2: Oh my goodness, wait a minute. Oh, do you think if they make if if somebody makes a new NASCAR game, because it's going to be a while before that happens, uh, do you think that would be an option? And if it was, how cool would it be to have like the in the marbles and like create the, the race car on our logo in mm-hmm. the actual video game? How
1: cool would that be? I I, the only reason why it's not an option. I mean, you, you can do it on the PC. You can do anything you want to on the PC. I don't understand why it wouldn't be an option because the technology is there to do it right WWE be games. Does it, they've done it for what? 10, 12 years now.
2: Yeah. I still don't know
1: how to do it on there. Well, it's, it's all on the website. You have a oh. website that's devoted to the game run by the, the, the people, you know, the server on the website itself for the game. Mm. And you click what copy of the game you have, you know, what platform. And then you take your image and you you have to make it fit the requirements you know there's like different size images that you have to upload upload it to right so when you search for a certain size image or a a shape of an image like a rectangular square whatever you know big you know big image small image when you search for these things it will show up in those feeds Mm -hmm. and you have to make sure that they're within the parameters of like do you want there not to be a background right you know, you have to make sure it's a, a PNG image. I call them pings. I don't know what they're called. I guess that's what you guys always call them. I don't know if they're a ping image or a PNG, but you have to make sure it's one of those files. Uh, Gran Turismo, you had to make sure it was a different type of file that I had never used before. So it took me several tries to get it right, but finally oh, I sure. did. And I was able to get not only um, like my, I, I think anything I, I got my name in there.
2: Oh, nice. like I got my
1: signature on it, you know, I could, I uploaded my signature, I uploaded my um, font, my actual number that I, I took because I downloaded the font because I made my decals for a while. Mm-hmm. So I have the font and I went into Photoshop and I made a font with an outline and the exact colors that I wanted. So I made the decal a couple of times a couple of different ways i made just a plain white one i made an orange one with a white outline i made a i think a white one with a red outline i made it a couple of different ways right and i uploaded them into the game and i used them on each car individually so it not only is my cars from when you know some of them exact make a model because it's gran turismo right but it's the exact paint job like font with the numbers and everything and people are constantly uploading stuff like you could, you could make Miller Genial draft cars, you could make uh, you could make the thing Peter Max, um, Dale Earnhardt car, right? Because people uploaded everything. Why is that not possible with a NASCAR game?
2: Seriously, though, like I mean, golly man, that would be that'd be a game
1: changer. There's no reason why it's not. There's absolutely, there's absolutely no reason why it's not. You want to update, like, okay, well, we got nine fonts that's cool but you don't have my font right they have a hendrick font on there which makes a lot of really cool um the dirt track game i mean they they have a hendrick font which makes a lot of really cool customs i see online with uh kyle larson paint schemes jeff gordon Mm -hmm. paint schemes you know that kind of stuff yeah but the rest of it is pretty generic numbers and there's one or two of them. I would never get caught dead racing. Yeah. You know, like the ones that have like the segments on them yeah. or the lines going through them or something like that, that she's like, that's not practical. Yeah. I, I don't ever see people race numbers like that, but they're I, in all these games.
2: Right. And I, I know exactly what style of numbers that you're, you're talking about. As soon as you said that I was like the ones with the lines through it, you know, the, it just doesn't look like a number
1: nothing that they race at a racetrack <laughs> right it, i mean i don't know what it i don't know where that number would be applied to it looks like a calculator number or something it just doesn't seriously yeah yeah it, it just isn't nothing that you put on a racetrack but go ahead and get into it man what happened with you with that game. So uh, after the weeks of you telling me
2: that I need to try it out and I was like, oh, I just, I don't really want to like, I don't know. There was something about it. I was just like, I'm not completely sold on it. Uh, a couple days ago on Twitter, did you see who was ho- like hoist- uh, hoisting <laughs> that was hosting that little giveaway?
1: I don't remember it off the top of my head.
2: Wyatt Miller. Okay. Is that Do you know who that is? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Dale Jr.'s nephew.
1: Awesome. I knew it has something to yeah. do with the Earn Hearts because I saw Teresa retweet it. Yeah. Not Teresa, uh Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Or Teresa Some... won't tweet retweet nothing. <laughs>
2: no, she <laughs> will not. No. So I saw that and I actually didn't even think about that. Uh when I saw I don't know how I stumbled across it. I think uh, a mutual follower uh tagged me in it and i went ahead and i was like well i don't know who that person is i didn't really investigate the profile too much and i went ahead and just entered it you know like anything else and got a dm i think two days ago and it was from the the account holder and i was like oh i won i was like okay well then it was you know i want to you know figure out if this is like a legit profile or what. So I go to the profile, still not realizing who it was. And it only had one tweet. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> oh no. You know, it's not verified. It's like, you know, I was like, oh gosh, one tweet. And then um I saw it was Wyatt, uh Wyatt Miller. I was like, well that I mean that can't be the same wyatt miller of course Wyatt miller is the same around i think a little bit older than brexton bush so you know like obviously they're not you know um verified on twitter and stuff so i was like well what so i I went and checked it out and i saw the retweets from uh kelly earnhardt miller uh Mm -hmm. which is his mom Taylor and Hart Jr.'s sister. So I was like, all right, cool. So it's a legit thing. Uh messaged him, you know, DM, DM'd him back and forth. And they he asked me if I wanted a digital, <clears throat> like a digital code. And I told him, I was like, buddy, listen, I'm not, I'm not very smart with that kind of stuff. So I'm not quite sure about that. But I was like, I'll take a disc. And he's like, Yeah, we can send you out a disc. Like, super, you know, super grateful, you know, and stuff like that. So <laughs> that was really cool. And then it didn't dawn on me until after. I was like, oh holy smokes this is dale jr's nephew like that's really cool <laughs> that
1: is really that's really cool in itself yeah. but the fact that you got the game too yeah just, I, man i i hope you enjoy it as much as i do
2: yeah i'm very excited about it. he actually just why it deemed me today saying that they sent it out today so i awesome. should be here probably this week before christmas yeah before christmas and i should also um have my 2022 kansas raised version elite kurt bush car that's right yeah should be here i think wednesday
1: i saw the uh i saw the pictures i know racing keeps posting about with cars under the trees yes and that was one of them recently yes you know what the number one die cast of 2022 was i sure do i love it (laughs) man did you uh did you well let's say it It, it's the ross chastain checkers or wreckers martinsville car yes that is the number one die cast of all categories
2: in i think they're they're calling it the hell 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 melon hell melon melon.
1: yep yeah that's a,
2: a really cool die cast uh did you get the elite i got 164 scale oh 164 scale
1: yeah yeah.
2: Oh, I thought you got the I, 124 scale.
1: I, I only have gotten the one twenty-four scale with the uh the Talladega uh, uh, yes, i bought a chase diecast. But we went to the race and he won and we were in victory lane and my kids got hats signed by him. Absolutely I got plants. That is the reason why we have this. I still have the confetti in a bag on our uh kitchen counter over here, like on the on the high right. shelf. Now I'm gonna put into a glass case or a plastic case when it gets here.
2: So With that, I have. I think I pretty much asked this question when uh, we talked about that after the Talladega trip. Are you, is this going to spark any interest in going back and getting the raced version 124 scale cars that you've all were actually at the event for?
1: Uh, Maybe in the future. I don't, I don't know about going back. I mean, I haven't really been to that many races in this current generation of cars you know like i i've been to it uh maybe i won't say that i saw that i need the race win version of the 2020 daytona 500 since i only saw 20 laps right um i guess ryan blaney won a talladega race in 19 i think we were at that one okay but other than that just this past week we were i mean this past year we were at talladega i got that one i mean maybe if somebody really it also depends on the driver too right i'm not buying a joe Logano daytona 500 car i'm sorry but i'll buy a Kyle Busch number eight yes or a ross chastain Dell uh down uh floor daytona 500 car yeah absolutely. i mean i buy all this kind of stuff but the i wouldn't even buy a chase elliott what if it wasn't for the fact that my kids went to that victory lane and we're actually inside of victory lane, not just like on the outside. Right. Yeah. Looking. They were actually sitting down just in front of where the reporters were. Yeah. And Chase Elliott walked up to those kids and the crew people gave them hats. One of them still got like a fingerprint grease stain on it nice. uh, from one of the crew guys. And Chase Elliott went around and signed them for the kids. If That's it wasn't really- for that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have bought that
2: i mean i understand that like I, you absolutely have every right to make that a big deal you know what i mean like when that when that diecast comes in uh you know like dalton good he just got his uh kyle bush uh bristol dirt diecast and he like somehow i don't know if it was like a picture but like he got a display case and he like made the like made the dirt and stuff
1: and now that's cool
2: I don't know. I'll have to try to find it and send it to you, but uh, it was a pretty cool little thing.
1: Yeah. Ours is going to, I want to have a, a checkered flag uh, base Yeah. on it. So he'll be like driving on the checker, like a victory lane Yeah. with the confetti around it. That like him driving over the confetti and actual pieces of the confetti because the car will have fake confetti on it. Right. But we have real confetti from the victory lane that day. So I want to have that in the case with it. It's going to be neat when it finally happens
2: For sure The following announcement
1: has been paid for By the Pulling Up a Chair podcast
2: Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair With a Chair Shop podcast If you're a fan of wrestling figures And the artists that take them to the next level Then I've got a favor to ask for you Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair.
1: let's go ahead and uh, talk about some of the news you have. I think you have one piece of news anyway, right? One piece of news from my friend Haley Deegan. She announced that she is going
2: to drive the number 13. uh, I believe they're switching back to Ford's. So it'll be the number 13 Ford F-150 for Thor Sport Racing in 2023, which is a pretty stellar, I think, a pretty stellar uh, truck series team.
1: 13, though.
2: Yeah, it used to be Johnny Sodder. Uh I don't remember who 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 uh took it over after Johnny Sodder.
1: Oh, I have no idea. If you're talking about Xfinity series, I have no idea.
2: Oh, it's the truck series.
1: Oh, truck series. She's yeah. not going Xfinity? Nope.
2: She's uh Wasn't she's... that what was happening though before? Uh I think that there was questions and there was definite uh, you know interest in doing it, but I, I don't think anything cultivated too much for her. I think she'll be doing a couple races but like nothing hardcore but i feel like this is almost a good thing because she she's only had one start in the xfinity series and that was at i believe was that auto club no
1: it was one of the last races of the year
2: yeah i'm not sure where she where she debuted but she ended up finishing 13th for her first Xfinity race. And I thought that was really impressive. And I think Uh she would, I think she's going to do way better in stock cars than, than what she's doing with trucks. But I feel like this would be the year, this would be the season. This would be the team. She would get that first win in NASCAR. I think it's going to happen this year.
1: Well, you're also looking at from expanding the truck, a completely different talent level. Yes. Like, yeah, you have your top guys up front that are a lot not like really, really talented, right? In the uh truck series, but that pool of drivers right there is a lot smaller in comparison to the field, right? That isn't as talented and kind of race over their heads as opposed to Xfinity, where you have a bigger pool of drivers that are talented and almost ready to make the move up the cup, and a smaller pack of cars that drive over their heads
2: absolutely i think this i think no matter what happens this season i think this will be the last season we see Haley deegan in the truck series i think 2024 she'll be full-time xfinity which could be really interesting because you think about all these drivers in xfinity this year that dominated the season like ty gibbs Noah gregson you know all those guys now they're you know i think what well, was like 75 percent of all the wins in xfinity series are now officially moving up to the cup series so that kind of gives the xfinity drivers mm-hmm. you know a wide range of like okay well now it's like anyone's ball game yep. you get like josh barry uh you'll have cole custer coming back down and like i mean cole custer he's he knows how to win an xfinity you know race for sure so i think he's one to watch but i would love to have seen haley at least do half a season in xfinity and then continue doing a truck thing
1: so i we both kind of yeah. think she will do a few races though yeah right yeah um one thing i can say talking about uh that the talent level in the two series one thing i can say with haley Diggin, and i think it showed when she made her xfinity debut uh-huh and like you said finished 13th in her first race i think it showed that she's not one of those drivers in the truck series that drove over her head
2: Absolutely not. Yeah. I 100% agree with you
1: because all of a sudden she got in some pretty decent equipment and Xfinity and she was holding her own in the top 15. Wasn't having to fight people because her past truck team. Let I me, mean, let's be honest. It was, it was mediocre, right? It, they couldn't get her out of mid pack. And because of that, she constantly got caught up in other people's crap. Right. I, i never i hardly ever i can't pick out one thing just off top of my head anyway i can't pick out one thing that she just straight up was involved with that was all her own doing like i feel like she's smarter than that
2: she yeah absolutely like even uh when i first met Haley deegan at Elko speedway in in, uh, minnesota in 2019 at an arca race just meeting her was was delightful but the way she just watching her because ty gibbs was also in that race along with chandler smith and a lot of other well-known well-known truck drivers now um you know but like watching her race like she was always very very conservative and i would really like to see her kind of get out of that Oh, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Type of mentality that I feel like she's in, which I don't think she's in that mentality. It just kind of seems like that way. She doesn't. She just wants to be there. You know, she's grateful for her hot dog and and her handshake type of thing. But I want her to get like roll the the sleeves up and actually get in these guys. You know, go for it. You know, and I think that's going to be the best case scenario for her this season in the Truck Series.
1: Yeah, I mean, all that to come. Yeah. It'll come the more uh the more experience she gets because right now she's probably still feeling like she could do more, but she's relegated to kind of where she's finishing. Yeah, for and it, sure. And it kind of it looks bad on her because she's always getting caught up in wrecks and stuff like this. But I mean it's like it's back and forth. It's like she gets she she kept getting caught up in wrecks because she was always mid pack. It's like, well, get out of mid pack and you won't get caught up in the wrecks with those really Dumb drivers right dumb drivers, but People that drive over their heads when you're not one of those those people, right? But there wasn't a whole lot she could do to get out of the mid pack and until she finally starts running in the top 10 consistently and You know Pulling off some top fives once in a while maybe challenging for a win She's gonna have that mentality. She's, She's gonna feel like she's an outsider looking in for sure I mean, not only just because she's a woman in the sport, but she really is an outsider in the sport. She did not grow up with NASCAR.
2: No, she grew up with rally cars, trophy trucks, stuff like that. Yeah, so, motorcycles
1: too, wasn't it? Motorcycles, she did yeah. Motorcycles motor too? Yeah. So she's just, she's in a completely different world. And right. her first stock car experiences was uh, late models, like maybe a year or two before she started driving big time. Yeah. It's That's a jump. And the fact that she's doing as good as she is is just incredible.
2: Honestly, because she uh, spoke to someone on a podcast. I I don't know if it was Dale Jr. It might have been dirty, um, door bumper clear. She said that her whole family lives in California. And when she decided that she wanted to take stock car racing a little bit more serious, she knew that she would have to eventually move to North Carolina. And that's what she did. She moved literally from coast to coast. By herself, no room. Like, I mean, to my understanding, like she has nobody. You know, she's kind of doing this by herself type thing. And you can tell the hard work that she's putting into it. And I feel like, you know, all that within time is gonna start paying her back
1: for that. Do you watch any of her YouTube stuff?
2: I used to. Um, not anymore, just because I I love Haley Degan. I've met her twice: once at Elko Speedway, once at the Chipotle in Kansas City. I think actually this past year, um, I actually sat right next, no, like right beside her <laughs> for lunch. So like whatever, like we know each other's first name, not really, but uh, I just I love I love everything about Haley Degan. I cannot stand her laugh. <laughs> I cannot stand it. So uh, there was one <laughs> there was one video where she laughed like 18 times in like the first 20 seconds and i was like listen i can't i'm sorry i can't do this so i kind of stopped watching but uh definitely you know so go support it i guess
1: (laughs) um uh, real quick before i i talk about what i was going to talk about with the youtube stuff you have to you have to learn to use a different number when you're describing how many times somebody does something 18 yeah (laughs) you got to start saying eight times in 10 seconds or something. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I noticed went from... it went right to
2: 18. <laughs> 18. It's always 18, 1,800, 18 million times, you know, 18 to everything.
1: You think uh, Kyle Bush does that?
2: Oh, he has think, to, right? It's... Golly. That's so funny.
1: Oh, uh, I remember Jimmy Johnson was talking about how he always set his alarm to, like, if he was going to wake up at 8 o'clock, he'd actually set it for, like, 7.48.
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course he would.
1: I've done that stuff before. I've done it before with 53. I've done it before. But uh, I was going to say, if you've seen some of the Haley Deegan stuff on YouTube, there's only like a couple of them that I only watch the ones that I know are going to be interesting based on, because you know you know what happened before you watch the video, you know, because it has to be shot and edited and then put up three or four days later. Right. So I only can't tend to watch the ones that are interesting like the one where what was it she she got something happened to the car and it was burning like rubber on the inside wheels or something like that and it actually caught fire inside the car and she had to come down pit road and get out of it because she was choking to death oh wow yeah i mean that was just like that was later in the season in xfinity i think it was atlanta Actually, I think I want to say it was the Atlanta race because she was looking forward to it and she only lasted 10 laps because they, they had that stupid issue with somebody clipped them on the back straight away and it caused a fire and something.
2: Was that car. Xfinity or was that truck series? Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Truck. Okay. Yeah,
2: that's what I figured. Uh, yeah. I
1: was like, oh, well, maybe she had
2: more than one start. I'm yeah, sure.
1: That My bad. Um, but there was, an, uh, it was also a uh, Bristol thing they did before the fall Bristol race uh-huh. where they got a bunch of, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, the police cruiser kind of cars from the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I, I don't know what kind of car. Uh, the the Grand, uh, Grand Marquis kind of car. I think we all know what you're talking about. For yeah, sure. I mean, a, a police car from the early 2000s. You know, I used to have a car like that for my car when I was like 16, 17 years old.
2: Of course.
1: I want a car like that to throw on a bomber track. Yeah, that that would make a good bomber car. If you it found an police cruiser, man. But they had a they had like a 200 lap race with about 25 of these cars at Bristol.
2: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've seen this
1: one. Yeah, and she was up there battling for the lead, and somebody underneath her got loose and rammed her into the wall. And I think it, I think it might have broke something. On, oh, I think she might have broke something in her wrist or her arm or something with that. I and,
2: totally remember that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, they had that video because I saw. I followed somebody else that was up there too. The Hunt the Front crew, uh, Joseph Joiner, the Prolate Model crew. That yeah is here out of Milton, Florida, just right down the road. Um, they they were up there too, so I followed them from two or three different ways. You know, two or three different people posted right. videos on that stuff, and uh, just. I don't know I just her YouTube stuff is can be pretty entertaining at times when you know some things are you know ahead of time that, that might happen might have been a little oh um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for what's the word I'm looking for they have uh, to get through something Adversity. Adversity. I I want to say controversy in my head. It's like it's not controversy, but saying controversy. Adversity. Adversity. When you, when she has to go through some adversity, it's curious. I'm always curious to see how they handle that. Yeah. Behind the scenes. So, anyway, it's it's if you can get past her laugh, I guess it's a fun listen, <laughs> a fun fun watch.
2: I'll definitely have to ch- go and and try it again.
1: So we talked 30 minutes about Haley Deegan. All right. There
2: you go. Did not expect that to happen, (laughs) but here we are. Episode 36. Boom. (laughs) Hey, you know what this is? though?
1: What? This is a Christmas episode.
2: It is the Christmas episode. Ho, ho, ho.
1: The next time we're going to, after this episode, the next time we're going to be doing a podcast, we'll be waiting for New Year's. Yeah. So this is coming out the Thursday before Christmas. So I guess in three days. From this point, it's Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um I asked you to do something last week. I don't know if you did or not. Oh, probably not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've been super sick this week.
1: Can you give me coaches? Your five favorite. Not the best, not critically the best, not what everybody feels is the best. Your five favorite christmas movie or specials like tv specials that you kind of go like it would be a go-to like if it was on you'll watch it not necessarily something you have to watch every year i guess because christmas movies are a little different like that can you give me your top five yeah so for one i cannot stress this
2: enough i am not a movie guy i Mm. am not a movie guy at all um it's really hard it's really weird i cannot set through an hour and a half movie but i can sit there and watch a 500 lap race at bristol no problems so i guess Um, you're not
1: going to watch the three hour avatar movie in theaters
2: oh my goodness not a chance uh (laughs) that was i believe that came out
1: i will eventually
2: now my memory is not as good as it used to be i want to say avatar was right around the same time as frozen
1: Uh, a little before
2: a little before. Yeah, so, because
1: I remember working at a certain place when it came out, and that was 2009, 2010. I think it came out in 2009.
2: I think you're right.
1: What an yeah. experience, though. Oof. IMAX 3D, it was incredible.
2: I never watched that movie.
1: Yeah, It gets a bad rap. People it, hate on it <laughs> because they love to hate on it.
2: It makes no sense. But what <laughs> what especially does it make no sense? well okay so the i don't make no sense um i don't (laughs) so i literally am going to contradict myself right now i do not enjoy watching animated movies however (laughs) however my all-time favorite christmas movie the polar express
1: (laughs) what's funny is that the motion cap used for polar express is is kind of used like with avatar really but avatars bumped up to like a hundred times better that's uh, really as far as the technology of it goes and then avatar 2 is even bumped up beyond that are you serious 2009 avatar was breathtaking and astonishing wow avatar 2 like now and now they're going to do five of them total they're going to be one every every other year there's going to be one uh, oh they're gonna go to five
2: are they gonna do like three hour movies? they might be
1: <laughs> oh my god no way but i like the series i think it's i i i won't say it's my favorite series or anything but god it's one of my favorite movies to to watch and just gawk over see because it's uh, beautiful.
2: i wish man like i don't know i just cannot for the life of me whatever for whatever reason it is if it's an animated movie i cannot I cannot even think about sitting
1: down and watching it. Did, did you think now? Okay. Avatar is like half and half by the way, but did you think anything with polar express was a little, um, what's the term for it? Uncanny Valley. Where like it tries to look realistic, but it, try so in like the worst way possible. And it just looks freaky. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah absolutely. There's definitely parts to that. Uh, like one that the... kid
1: that has a real annoying voice. Yeah.
2: Oh man. So yeah, now that you, you say it, you know, there's definitely three or four spots in that movie that I'm just like cringe, but like, it doesn't bother me because it's my favorite movie of all time. So. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it's fine. We were, we were at a wedding. Uh, this past weekend, and uh, one of the songs before you know, because you have that like light piano playing while everybody's getting oh, yeah. seated, and the bride and groom where nobody's out yet, where it's just everybody's getting seated, and you have that light piano. One of the songs was when Christmas comes to town from Polar Express. Yes, I, was like, I yes! know I've heard that song. I cannot be the only one here that knows where that song's from.
2: Oh my goodness! I, dude, I stop what I'm doing and I jam out to that song. It doesn't matter, you know, if I if it's the you know Kendall's listening to it on her iPod or iPad or something. I stop and I just, I sing that song with everything in my being,
1: man. I love it. Um, so that's your number one, yeah. Overall, so you just jump straight to number one. You didn't start five and work up.
2: Yeah, no, mostly because. 2 through 5 is just I could either watch it or I really you know it would really bother me if I didn't you know Polar Express definitely number 1 of all time in my opinion Christmas movie but I can only watch it on Christmas Eve. I cannot watch it before Christmas Eve. I cannot watch it after Christmas Eve. Once a year Christmas Eve is the only time I can watch it. If I see it like if I'm flipping through channels which I don't cuz I don't have a TV right now cuz Whatever, uh, but uh, if I see it flipping through channels, I have to turn it. I well, cannot. I can't even watch it until Christmas Eve.
1: If you're in, um, if you're ever in South Alabama, I'll, um, I'll bring up the 3D TV and the 3D Blu-ray and watch it on Christmas Eve. I don't, I don't know about Christmas I Eve. Mean, it,
2: I mean, it has to be Christmas. Don't Eve. you <laughs> want to see it in 3D? I do on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm telling you, scoot over, pal. I'll be there next week.
1: That's one of the reasons why I got the 3D TV and 3D Blu-ray player a while back was because of Avatar.
2: Oh, I thought because you were...
1: they released it in 3D, <laughs> and of course, I had to get Polar Express because it's one of the best 3D movies out there.
2: Is it a 3D movie? Yes. No
1: way. Is 100%. It was it was released in IMAX 3D. So wait a
2: minute. So do you when you watch it? Do you have to wear the, the glasses?
1: You wear the same kind of glasses that you wear in the theaters, not the ones with the batteries in them. Okay. But you wear, like, the lightweight, uh, clear 3D glasses. Really? It's, it's polarized is what it's called. That's, a, that's oh. the kind of TV I got. I got one of the LG uh, polarized 3D TVs. Now, there's wow. an active 3D that actually, like, shutters the frames.
0: Yeah.
1: And the 3D effect isn't as deep. As is with polarized, but interesting, it it also bumps down the the quality, so it's not like 1080p, it's only maybe 480i or, or I think 40i or 720p, something like that. So it bumps down from full HD just a notch, but the 3D is better. Interesting, like it really pops out of the TV.
2: I will, you should like send me a link because we are jessica and i are talking about tvs and stuff and we're uh, going still crazy over here they really don't
1: sell 3d tvs anymore oh man just that, send me yours <laughs> no um fedex
2: <laughs> fedex please
1: we uh like i said we bought that tv about '09 or 2010 somewhere on there because i worked at aaron's and we sold the different three D TVs, and I saw gotcha. which ones I liked the best, and I saw which technology I liked the best. So I just one day I found it on QVC, and it was a payment plan with QVC. It was like, okay, well, that's the TV I want.
2: I have an errands around here. I wonder if they'll still have the same stock as 2009. No, they won't. Well, our Walmart <laughs> sure do. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Can't find those NASCAR authentics at all over here.
1: <laughs> I don't don't get me started on the elites. Oh man! Um, well, moving along a little bit, my yes. my number five favorite Christmas movie is Miracle on 34th Street, the remake. Oh, okay. Uh, the one with the the guy from Jurassic Park as Santa Claus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah,
1: I don't know the actor's name, but uh, old John Hammond from Jurassic Park, he's he's Santa Claus in that movie. Nice. Um, give me another one. Uh, second
2: it it's not a close second but it's second. I'd probably <laughs> watch Jingle all the way.
1: Okay. I got a soft spot for that one but it don't make my list. Yeah. I I get it. Because some of it has there's some really funny moments in there but then there's some really just cringe for sure stuff in there. Big Show was in it. He was uh he was Santa Claus and one of one of those small or really? no, it was a Warehouse Santa Clauses. Really? I think it was still the giant, but yeah, he was he was in it. Huh? Yeah. Never noticed that big seven foot Santa Claus that fought Arnold Schwarzenegger. No,
2: I no, I guess I didn't. <laughs> I never, I never noticed that. That's awesome. <laughs> I have to go back um, and rewatch
1: that one f- that was actually made the year I was born, and I had a VHS of it, <laughs> so I watched the mess out of it probably ruined the VHS. I watched it so much. And now it's on Disney plus. I can watch anytime I want to, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, that okay. was, that's a big one for me because that's really the first, probably the first Christmas anything I ever watched. And it's, it's a thing. It's like a staple. If it's ever on, if it's ever on TV, they cut it, some stuff out of it to make it shorter, to fit the new smaller 30 minute window as opposed to 30 minute window from 83. You know, they they sell more commercials nowadays, so the stuff has to get cut up. But on Disney Plus, it's full on out there. It's only a 30-minute show. Oh, But wow. they managed to get the whole Christmas Carol pretty good in that little 30 minutes. So... What's next for
2: you? Uh, I would go... Oh, talking about animated movies. Uh, <laughs> Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, God. Adam Sandler. <laughs> and this so from two to five, there's literally no order, uh, you know, it, this would just be relative background noise. If I had, you know, it. I, these are the movies that I wouldn't care if I had to sit down and watch. <laughs>
1: the, 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 um, the difference between our lists are yeah.
2: incredible. Oh, it's about to get real raunchy here in a minute.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I can imagine what you're uh, about to say. I, yeah. Um, My third one is going to be the Santa Claus 2.
2: Okay. I'll
1: say two over one and three. I don't don't, Three was like a little cheesy. Sure. But one I thought was good, but it wasn't actually that funny. And two is straight up hilarious to me. I I love because Tim Allen as Santa Claus and he goes and tries to find a wife, a Mrs. Claus. That whole scenario is really interesting. But on top of that, he left a toy Santa in charge and uh-huh. Tim Allen playing this plastic toy. Santa is hilarious. Yeah. It is absolutely the funniest part of any of the Santa Claus movies.
2: Isn't that like, isn't that where Tim Allen was also the bad Santa? Yeah. That, that's, okay. that's
1: it. The toy Santa turned bad. That's what I thought. Because he got to yeah. stick with the rules. Gotcha. Okay. That gets yeah, so funny. Oh, Yeah the new series too I'll come out and say this a new I just finished I think it's only 6 episodes in the first season here there's a new series on Disney Plus called the Santa Clauses oh excellent
0: really
1: excellent series it's funny it's uh it really fills a lot of plot holes in the movies too yeah. and it's it's just interesting it's a, but I can't stress it like it's it's so random how funny it is right it's like certain things you wouldn't think would like these movies aren't that funny, and 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 the show itself like the episode itself might not be that funny overall but then all of a sudden there'll be this one little thing like this conspiracy theory elf that wears like a uh, uh, aluminum foil hat right you know some of the things that comes out of his mouth it, it's absolutely hilarious and just anyway I highly recommend that if anybody likes the santa claus the three movies the santa clauses the series is excellent absolutely excellent
2: i knew you were gonna go there so that's why i didn't add those movies to my list but i absolutely agree with you i would not mind watching those mm-hmm. like but you have to give me it cannot be like an all-day deal like i have to watch one movie and like a week later watch the second one and then like a week later I have to watch the third one. Like there's no way I like, would be able to do all that.
1: Well, the good thing about the series is there are only 6 episodes and I think they're about 40 minutes apiece.
2: Nice. Okay, I, I mean yeah. that's
1: So oh, it's not like hour and a half long full of movies. They're like right. 30 40 minutes apiece.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
1: But uh, they pick up several years after several years after obviously, but they pick up where 3 left off. Nice. So you could just kind of runs right and continuous with it uh give me uh we I have two more so give me um I guess one of your last two
2: I believe bad Santa
1: I knew that was coming
2: bad Santa God, I love it oh I man. just so that I guess that might <laughs> that might just be the the difference between our both of our upraisings is that <laughs> Instead of watching like the Grinch or you know how the, the Grinch sold Christmas and stuff, I was watching Bad Santa at like six, you know, the yeah. bad, badder Santa.
1: Yeah, I got Tim the Toolman Taylor and Mickey Mouse, and you got Bad Santa and Billy Bob Thornton, and <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. So, Bad
2: Santa, man, yeah, you gotta
1: gotta love it. I saw it once, I never. I never had an inkling to go back and check. Oh, it, check I, it out again. I absolutely thought,
2: I, I figured that. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: I, I got a certain type of Christmas movie I like, and if it veers off that path a little bit, I just don't. I don't know. What do you
2: mean? Do you think Bad Santa is not a, uh,
1: a wholesome, <laughs> a wholesome
2: Christmas movie? No. <laughs> uh, the whole family would enjoy. It.
1: It's it, it to me. It goes almost in line with one of those that I was talking about with Gremlins and Die Hard and Batman Returns. Sure, yeah, one of those unconventional Christmas movies.
2: Now uh, that brings us up a really good point. So there's one particular movie that I am absolutely in love with, and it's rated probably my favorite movie of all time. And it's it goes in that category with the Batman Returns and the Die Hards and stuff that nobody 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 talks about and I, I highly doubt anybody knows about it so that's mm-hmm. gonna be the after I finish my top five.
1: All right. Um. Oh, by the way, I have a uh, I didn't put it on this list, but I have an honorable mention. It's gonna be Home Alone two. Oh, there you go. I actually prefer it personally over Home Alone one. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I do. I like the setting better. I mean it goes all over New York. I like the aesthetic of it better than Home Alone One. Just just me personally. But um my number two is gonna be the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh man See how different our lists are. That's weird. Uh, why I, is it weird? So it's
2: not weird. So let me rephrase that. I, I just man, the Muppets just I love the Muppets. Freak me out,
1: man. Like I have weird. been a fan of the Muppets since I can remember
2: i mean it doesn't freak me out now because i'm an adult but like when i was a kid the muppets really kind of terrified me almost you know because i'm like i knew that it was a human making the noises and stuff and but i was like they made it look so believable and i'm like well how are you what where are their hands going to make those puppets come to life pal
1: what What's funny is I feel like I could actually be a pretty decent puppeteer. Like, I understand the psychology of it. Yeah. In a way, like, I'm not like throwing my voice or anything like that. But that's not what they do. Right. No. You know, they're just performing with the puppet itself. It's, it's I actually it's, feel like I could do that.
2: It's an absolute work of art, if you really stop and think about it. Like, uh, Jeff Dunham does it as well like that stuff is like unbelievably entertaining but like the Muffet itself I'm just like oh I don't know <laughs> something about it just rubs me the wrong way
1: um the coolest things about the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is uh, well when it came out in theaters it was the entire full cut of uh, no no wait 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 no no okay when it tested, they cut a song out of it that really um, it kind of progressed Scrooge's arc, right, in the uh, film, and it. it <sighs> let me try to try to sum it up. Scrooge has a song that his uh, the, the girl that ends up leaving him in Christmas Past the girl sings a song about how love has gone. Oh. And young Scrooge ends up walking off while she keeps singing. And old Scrooge actually comes in behind her and sings with her from the past. And Michael Caine plays Scrooge in this series, in this version of it. And he played it completely straight, completely as, like as, as good an acting job as he possibly could do didn't even acknowledge the fact that like there wasn't no wink to the camera and everything was puppets and you know, Hey, it's for the kids. Like, no, he had the mindset of, no. if, you, if I make this as serious as I can make it, right. then the kids will get the most out of it. Interesting. Like, so, so that's how he played it. And he acted his butt off in that scene and cried and everything. And it was real. It was like a real emotional little scene. And then they cut it from the, the, they cut that whole song out because I guess it slowed the movie down a little bit for the whole minute and a half or two minutes of the song was there. It slowed it down, you know? Right. I, I guess they figured kids attention spans wouldn't be there for that song. But when they cut that out, it didn't make no sense anymore. Like you cut to like the Muppets crying about it, like the narrator's Muppets crying about what was happening, but you didn't see what they were crying about. All you saw was a girl left
2: interesting like there
1: was no song or anything so it and it and they reprised that song at the end of the movie with a new lyric the love we found like when scrooge turned good at the end of it so it didn't make any sense within the movie when they cut that song i remember seeing that song when it came out on vhs because i remember having the original vhs copy a long time ago and i didn't know that song was ever cut because i never saw it in theaters but I saw it on VHS and I must've watched it a a thousand times. So I remember that song specifically. And later I learned because I've watched it since then on like maybe DVD or streaming services or, or TV or something like that. I was like, where'd that song go? Right. I had no idea that they had cut it originally and then come to find out Disney had lost that original cut with the song in it. They lost the master copy of it for years what two years ago they found it they lost it they just straight, they straight up lost it yes two ah. years ago they found it i don't know where they found it but two years ago they found it and if you go on disney plus right now and go into muppet christmas carol go to the extras if you scroll down a little bit you'll see the extended version or full version or whatever it says uh-huh. it'll be about two and a half minutes longer to have that song in it really so if you just click on play Muppet Christmas Carol on Disney Plus, it'll play it without the song, but you have to go to extras and then look at that hour and a half long extra down there that has that extra song in it. Wow. It's, it completely changes the, the, the whole tone of the movie as far as his, his story arc goes. See, but I
2: never Wow. That's, that's, just,
1: that's me nerding out about something that doesn't make any sense to anybody else or doesn't mean anything to anybody else. But it's something I remember from when I was a kid. Because like this movie came out in the early '90s, for sure. I think it was actually '94 when it came out.
2: Wow, good year. <laughs>
1: uh, you got one more.
2: Uh, so I would say, speaking of Scrooge, I would go Scrooge: A Christmas Carol.
1: The uh, Bill Murray one.
2: The brand new one.
1: The uh, brand new one.
2: 2022. It was uh <laughs> once again. Oh, so it was, not
1: Scrooged. No, it was Scrooge. A Christmas Carol. What is this one? I don't know this one.
2: It's like an anime. It's almost like the Polar Express-esque. Are you talking about movie. the Jim Carrey one? Um, Let me see. I don't know. Yeah, the Jim Carrey not,
1: one. That's not 2022.
2: Well, not Jim Carrey. I don't know. Whichever. It looks like Jim Carrey. Uh, it has... Well... Now you're going to make me... It's the uh, 2022 animated one. Maybe not 2022. Because uh, I remember watching it one of my when I was a correction officer, we were watching it in the control room on Christmas Eve last year. So clearly it wasn't 2022.
1: Um, you might be talking about the Disney one, the, the new motion cap one that came out recently with Jim Carrey in it.
2: I think that is what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that one. I, I like that one a lot. It's, it's kind of dark.
2: Yeah, it's on Netflix right now.
1: There's um, there's a lot of really dark stuff in that, in that movie.
2: Actually, yeah, I think like Chris,
1: cool. like Christmas present, uh, withering away to nothing as his time goes away, and he turns into a skeleton at the end of it. Mm, yeah, that's definitely the one I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> I don't mind that one. It's yeah. uh, it's a little um, goofy at times. Yeah. Like. Marley's jaw falls off and he's talking and flapping his jaw while he talks. That's that's a little weird. Right. But it's got some really good imagery in it. Yeah, it does. And probably the best moment in any Christmas Carol movie when Scrooge is visiting uh, in the future Mm -hmm. and um, Cratchit came in after visiting Tiny Tim's grave. And he's holding it in. He's holding it in for his family. And he walks up the stairs, and Scrooge is on the stairs. Cratchit has no idea Scrooge is actually there watching him. And he just pauses and he lets all the emotion for the moment out in his face. Really? And Scrooge is just face to face with him. And all he can do is sit there and watch it. That is the best moment in any Christmas Carol movie ever made. It came from that Jim Carrey movie. I, I agree. So that is that's a big recommend for me too. It's not on my list, but it's a big recommend. For sure. Another Jim Carrey movie is on is my number one though.
2: This so this is the your all time favorite Christmas movie.
1: It I feel like it is. Okay. Yes. Because it I go to it all the time. It just it's Jim Carrey's Grinch.
2: Oh you can't beat it.
1: That I I know there are purists out there, I guess, if we can call them that. That are like, no, it's the original animated cartoon. That's the best. Like, I mean, it's the original, but Jim Carrey's Grinch is more fun to watch. It's a lot more fun to watch. For sure. Yeah. I still quote that movie today. <laughs> so many things in that movie. I still quote randomly. Absolutely. Um, And then they they went and redid the Grinch, like an, a different animated version, not too long ago. And it had a funny moment here and there too, but it wasn't, it wasn't Jim Carrey's Grinch. You yeah. can't, the fact that he could act through that makeup, you couldn't oh. have found nobody different to play. Right. Just anyway, that is our top five
2: Christmas movies. And I have one more that I want to just as a, what, what did you call it? Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Yeah. So this is one, And it's not, I don't really consider it a Christmas movie, but like a majority of the movie happens during Christmas. There's even a scene where they're exchanging, doing like a white Christmas or a white elephant style of like gift exchange and stuff like that. So, I mean, kind of, I consider it a Christmas movie. Not really though. Uh, It's called The Perks of Being a Wallflower.
1: I don't know if I've ever heard of that. It's not a lot of
2: people do, and that's really unfortunate because it is it's not a movie that I would suggest watching with your children. But it's not <laughs> How like could I have
1: figured that. but nice it's on your list.
2: <laughs> it's not super raunchy, but it's just a little too advanced. Mm-hmm. like for me, so this movie came out in 2012. It has like uh, Emma Watson in it. It has Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd's actually from Kansas City, so that's why I actually watched it. Was because I, I he's one of my favorites. So, uh, but it has like uh, Emma Watson, Ezra Miller, uh, a lot of really talented act actors and actresses. Um, I feel like this would be a, like a movie for the Vincels to watch. If Drew and Caitlin, if you've never heard of the Perks of Being a Wallflower, go watch it. Like it's an hour and forty-five minutes pretty but it's one of those films that you have to watch three or four or five times and you'll learn something new every single time it's it's wild i mean and the whole scheme of like now like knowing what happens in the movie and like what the movie is based off of it's one of those that like don't try to google it beforehand just Try to unravel it because, like, it's a type of movie that the longer you watch it and the more you watch it, the more layers get peeled back. And you're like, you catch things the second and third time that you watch it. So, by the fifth time you watch it, you you should probably have a good understanding of what happens. And the whole thing, you know, the whole movie itself, the premise of the movie is not child friendly, but like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but it's a really, really good movie. Yes,
1: yeah, it's, it's just an adult movie. Yeah, yeah. Some something that either kids won't grasp or they just won't have, they just won't get.
2: Yeah, like I mean, if you guys watched it, and I'm talking about you, you and Nicole, and you watch it in front of your boys, like they probably wouldn't understand it, mm-hmm. but it would just be. You know, if you guys are catching on to it, you know, you'd be a little you'd probably feel uncomfortable with them there. Not not saying that there's anything there's no I don't believe there's any nudity or anything like that. It's just the more you start understanding what's happening, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very um it's very mental health esque. You right. know, like uh people struggling with mental health and stuff. So that's the only little piece of the wrapper i'm gonna peel back for anybody who wants to watch it but if there's anything on this podcast that i've said in 36 episodes it's that you need to take away from take away the fact that you need to sit down and watch the perks of being a wallflower today like it's uh it's mind-blowing
1: all right um i'm gonna have to look at myself for sure so how do you make a commercial about something so random I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh but come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. The kids are the kids are a bear. They are. Uh but yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. So before we get out of here, we actually have a question from Caitlin. Awesome. Um, Congrats to those guys, by the way. I think we mentioned it last week, but congrats again for episode 100. Absolutely. So really, really cool uh, occasion right there that you can uh, actually make it 100 episodes into a show that's, we're, what, a third of the way there? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, by the time we get there, it'll be about time for the 2024 Daytona 500.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And a big shout out to uh, my vice president of the Kyle Bush fan club, <laughs> Drew vinzel Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. He yeah. He said, he said, he texted me. Uh, we were texting, I was pulling to work one day and I I texted him something and he said, Hey man, episode 100, I have a huge announcement that I think you're going to like. So for like three days, I was like, I wonder what it is. Like, I wonder if he's coming to Kansas for, for like work business or something, you know, I was like, Oh cool. How cool that would be. And then he says his favorite NASCAR driver is the one, the only, the legend himself, rowdy wild thing kyle Busch. and i said i was driving to work and i said Woo! <laughs> that was awesome i mean it's fine oh rowdy energy no. I mean, we got cheddars we got a huge discussion about cheddars on twitter uh social media oh my god we got everything to talk about it's going to be a great 2023 for me especially in this uh fantasy point standings we have but uh, yeah, absolutely. Go, go, Drew.
1: <laughs> I know he loves cheddars. I know you're going to grow to love cheddars. Yeah. If, as you don't, you've, you've been there once right now, right? Total? Yeah. yeah. I understand that you're going to support them all you can. Oh, yeah. I understand that. I went to cheddars one time and it left absolutely no impression on me, none whatsoever other than cool. I had no idea that I ever wanted to go back. So either that Cheddar's the one Cheddar's that I know of in Pensacola, Florida is awful and everybody else is good or I missed something completely. So maybe I'll give it another chance one day. I doubt they have very much keto friendly stuff, even with Cheddar's. I think one thing I expected more cheese stuff to be on there with a name like Cheddar's, but I don't think right. it had as much cheese on there as I thought it was going to. But I don't know. Maybe one day I'll look at that menu and see if I, there's something I could go out and eat Yeah, from it. I might give it a shot one day. But as of right now, it really just didn't leave an impression on me. But I'm sure. not going to take away from anybody that loves it. Y'all love it. Y'all go after it. Whatever. I have things I like that nobody else does, too. So, yeah, okay, absolutely. Cool. Yep. But Caitlin from the show. Yes. Has a question for us this week Okay Actually asked on episode 100 And I'm not really sure How she meant this question So I'm gonna kind of ask it both ways Uh Do you like Races that have more laps or less laps And why And I think It was also kind of asked in a way of like Bigger tracks shorter tracks
2: Yeah Okay so um,
1: hmm. first things first, do you like bigger tracks or shorter tracks?
2: I love mile and a half racetracks.
1: So you like in the middle?
2: Oh, I love the middle. Yes.
1: I am completely opposite. I like both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I like Dayton and Talladega and I like Martinsville Bristol.
2: Oh, absolutely. 100%.
1: But I mean, those are my favorites. 100 I could give or take the middle. Like sure. I just don't, that ain't my thing.
2: Right.
1: You know, my thing is the 200 mile an hour drafting and you know, all the chaos that comes with that. Mm. And then the, uh, short track Saturday night feel. Those are my two things. 100%. So.
2: I'm spot on. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But you like mile and a half better.
2: I, you know, I'm right there with you. I love, <laughs> I, I love
1: Daytona. You just I, can't, you can't say you just love it all. Well, okay, so <laughs>
2: I love NASCAR. Uh, so I get I get the jitters just watching the Daytona 500 on TV, just watching it. I'm like I, I can't. I couldn't even imagine the atmosphere of being there, you know. Uh then you think of Talladega and it's like less than but at the same time it's like I would I almost would rather go to De- uh Talladega, but at the same time I'm like i would love to go to either racetrack uh my very first ever nascar event was the 2017 bristol night race so sitting there 500 laps i'll tell you what it did not feel like 500 laps it did not mm-hmm. feel like two hours three hours whatever it was it it went by really really fast when you're there uh, never been to martinsville but i love 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 like martinsville is always a cannot miss racetrack because so much drama so many tempers you know but to answer the question myself personally i would i love kansas speedway i love and i'm being completely biased with that i think it's the greatest mile and a half that nascar has right now uh i what i love about nascar the most is like the actual racing the science it takes to have to set up a you know just passing one person how long it takes you know to get the momentum going to get the best run off the corner and and trying it because with these next gen cars what happens is if you pull out of line and you can't complete that pass the other driver's going to pass you know take their spot back and you're going to fall five six tenths you know behind them so now you have to do everything all over again it's such a scientific thing i love watching drivers prepare to pass each other
1: Now, when it comes to the other half of this question, do you prefer, like, if you go to Talladega and you watch 188 laps, which is 500 miles, or do you think it should be maybe 350?
2: Oh, man. It's, oof. That's such, I mean, it's, if you really stop to think about it,
1: Caitlin, this is such a tricky question because I don't, I don't think there's a one answer. I think it, I think it varies on the track.
2: It honestly, it does. It has to, right? I mean, I love what? watching 500 lap Bristol race, but like 90 was it like 62 laps at Coda is a full race, mm-hmm.
1: and you but, think like you know, like we're talk, we're talking about that though. We're talking about the mostly the distance, not necessarily the number of laps. Right. But yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, instead of 500 laps at Bristol, maybe it should be 350 or 400 or maybe 300. But at the same time, 500 laps at Bristol is entertaining. Right. But a 500 mile race at Pocono was oh, torture.
2: Oh, man.
1: They, they used to run 200 laps at Pocono, dude it's now twice a year (laughs) some of these racetracks like you get michigan or you get like
2: i always loved auto club so i don't know i can't really put auto club in that but like you think of like 500
1: miles at auto club is just right stretching it
2: you know and so i mean there's situations where some of these races you're just like Oh my goodness. Like I'm literally falling asleep on the couch because there's just nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with this next gen car, it's kind of hard to, you know, pass drivers and it it makes it difficult on purpose and stuff. So, I mean, you're sitting there watching and and then it just gets in a rhythm and everybody just kind of evens out and no one's passing nobody, but everyone's trying their best. And, you know, it's like, okay well we gotta buckle up because we got 422 more miles of this racing you know
1: it it really all depends on the track absolutely it really does like if i'm at talladega like you said when you were at bristol 188 laps flies by
2: does it yes it does
1: You're, you're sitting there and you're watching it and next thing you know you're 90 something laps into it and you're like wow it just we're halfway done already And it doesn't feel like it should be that that far along. Right. Because you think you're watching 50 something second a lap, you know, but, you know, if they go green all the way through it, which they won't now, but if they ever did go green all the way through it, the race doesn't take two and a half hours. Right. They're running 200 miles an hour. I think the fastest, the fastest race is like 187 mile per hour average with pit stops. Right. You, the race doesn't take, but it, it's the shortest race in the history. Of, it's the shortest 500 mile race in the history of NASCAR. It's so a Yeah. It's, it took two and a half hours. That's, that's, that's flying for a sporting event. Yes. I, think, I think football games don't take three and a half hours.
2: That's even with commercials and everything. Yeah. it's mean, wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. One thing about NASCAR, they don't break for commercials.
2: No, they do. Maybe not.
1: that's why they take caution. See, they add in the commercial breaks.
2: I don't know, but I like how they're doing like the non, you know, split screen nonstop or whatever they're calling it. So you can mm-hmm. still watch the race during the commercials sometimes, but when they go full screen commercials, I'm just like, oof, I wonder well, like, what's happening at the race.
1: Different tracks do different things. Like obviously with Talladega being two and a half miles long at 200 miles an hour, 500 miles. Isn't going to take as long as 500 miles at Martinsville. Yeah. If you go 500 miles of Martinsville, you're running a thousand laps. Oh my gosh! Because you're averaging like 117 miles an hour. Right. Hmm. <laughs> Golly, man. That would be a 10 hour race. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean,
2: <laughs> I mean, even at the you know the Martinsville race before the championship race at Phoenix just a couple weeks ago, the first 400 laps was like a snooze fest i was sitting on my mm. friend david's couch and i was falling asleep and i was like man that's not what i expected and then it was the last 150 lap you know last 50 laps to 100 laps it was like game on and that's when everything started happening but it was like even there f- for the 500 which i thought it was supposed to be 400 laps
1: but i guess i don't i remember martinsville having a 400 lap race
2: I know they were talking about it on Dale Jr. Download earlier this season, how saying that the last Martinsville race was going to be 400 laps instead of 500. And everybody was like, oh, I'm okay with that. But I don't know if it was. I don't think it was.
1: Well, you start getting into, um, well, what you were talking about just now. You start getting into issues of what exactly you want your race to be. Right. When you say something like the first 400 laps was a snooze fest, and the last 100s where it really kicked up, Right. Somebody somewhere is going to ask the question, why do you run 500 laps then? Exactly. Why don't you just run 100? Right. But that's not what NASCAR is. Right. That's not what the Cup Series is. The smaller series, trucks are run 250 and, and Xfinity Race are run 300 or something like that. Sure. But the Cup Series is your main event. Right it's supposed to be that hard. It's supposed to be difficult. And part of the challenge is an endurance race. And granted today, it isn't quite like it used to be like, I'm, I'm pretty sure when they went and put 500 miles at Darlington, when it actually took them like seven or eight hours to do it,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that was straight up an endurance race. Sure. Strictly stock cars who could prepare their strictly stock cars? car the best to run an entire distance of 500 miles and knowing good and well that maybe three fourths of the field didn't finish right nowadays it's rare well maybe not this year with the new car but it has been rare in the re- in recent years to see uh engine failures mm, yeah it's just something that didn't happen a lot now with this new car yeah things were weird this first year and it'd probably be a little weird next year too. But eventually these people are going to get this and you're not going to see cars blow up like they have been. You're not going to see transmission problems. You're not going to see these tire problems. You're not going to see this stuff. Eventually they're going to get this. And then you'll have situations where if you might have one DNF for engine failure the entire year, if that, or the only engine failures you're going to see is a bad batch of parts that went in every single team car. And then every, within like a 15, 20 lap period, every single one of the cars blow up. That's, that's wild when that happens to me. That's absolutely wild. Cause I've seen it happen with Hendrix so much. They get one bad ring or something <laughs> and right. they put them in all the engines. <laughs> so. I mean, honestly, you know, I
0: feel
2: it.
1: <laughs> but, um, Yeah, you start really messing with what exactly the Cup Series is meant to be when you start looking at, like, well, if we run 500 miles, but only the last 50 miles are actually any good, why do we run 450 extra? Right.
0: Well, uh,
1: that's not exactly what you're going for, though. That's a sprint car race. Right. That's a sprint. This isn't the Sprint Cup Series anymore. But... (laughs) It isn't a sprint series. Exactly. You know. It is an endurance series. It is a, a long distance series. That's what the main event of NASCAR is. That's what the main attraction is. So I, if I guess if the settlement is you have to watch a couple of boring races at Pocono and you know, three or 400 boring laps at Martinsville once in a while or something like that, to get a good finish at the end of it with whoever made it through all that, I guess so be it.
2: Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I'm, I don't care if it's a thousand laps, I'm still going to sit there and watch it. But yeah, absolutely. I totally agree.
1: I might tape it and watch it later if it's a thousand laps. That's a lot. Man, it'd be hard. It'd I, be tough. I, I'd, I'd be doing some skipping. So, yeah, a, put my little direct TV remote on times three. No joke. And fast forward it, and I can see what happens. If something happens, I'll rewind it and catch the big spots.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, well, this is a Christmas episode. We're uh, coming up on an hour and a half now. Give me real quick before we do the show close. Can you think right off the top of your head of a NASCAR memory involving Christmas?
2: Oh, man. Um, so no not really but (laughs) kind of a little late not so much christmas but uh last year at the tulsa shootout which always happens between the 26th of december to the 29th or the 30th just that week before uh after christmas and before new year's uh tulsa oklahoma always has the tulsa shootout and brexton and kyle Bush have announced that they are coming back next or this year uh as they did last year and last year that's where i met Kyle Bush uh that's w- why also my number is 62 cuz it's it was on uh, december 29th 2021 so 12 29 21 uh equals 62 so not really Christmassy. so no not to answer your question but i kind of consider it that time of the year yeah, so if
1: if you associate it with it that's cool yeah all uh, like, right yeah i don't have anything specifically christmas except for the fact that it was a christmas gift Mm -hmm. In 2007, that Christmas, my mom and my wife and my grandparents all got together and conspired to get me a uh, Dale Jarrett racing experience at Talladega.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And that's when I got to drive a NASCAR on Talladega.
2: That is fantastic.
1: February of the next year. Wow. So, I always associate that with Christmas.
2: That's really cool.
1: for um, funny little note with that. We were at a Chinese restaurant, like, uh, two or three days before we we're about to leave to go up there because uh-huh. it's a day trip for us. We just drive up there and do the thing, and come back. Right. But maybe about two or three days before that we were at a Chinese restaurant and the fortune cookies came around. I cracked mine open and it literally said, soon you will go on a four-wheel adventure oh
2: wow <laughs> did they did they have that planned
1: I, no oh I'm that's so. to
2: well i mean you know
1: pre-wrapped you know, and everything i mean make,
2: make sure that man gets this particular i don't know <laughs> people are amazing They're, i mean if you want to do something like you can go do it that'd be that would have been cool but it's even cooler that like it wasn't staged. Yeah, true? it was
1: just all it all randomly happened that way. That's that wicked. Was, awesome. This is funny. It's like, I, you're not gonna believe what my fortune cookie says, <laughs> knowing that we were leaving in a day or two to go up to the and I was gonna drive a NASCAR. That's awesome. A NASCAR stock car. Sorry, that was one of your pet peeves in it.
2: Oh, that's okay. I've gotten used to it. <laughs> you say it literally like once an episode. I am totally used to it. I can't
1: fine. not say it. I know it's not a NASCAR. NASCAR <laughs> stands for National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. That doesn't mean a car. Right. I drove a NASCAR or and I drove a National Association of NASCAR auto race. I mean, that doesn't make no sense. Right. I understand. Yeah. I just no. can't stop saying it because it has the word car in it.
2: Yeah, exactly. NASCAR and car, NASCAR race car, you NASCAR
1: know? stock car. me say car twice. I mean, come on. I'm not gonna do that.
2: Right. No, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just a pet peeve of yours. I just, I mean, I just,
1: just die a little inside. every time. I'm I scratching
2: it. my, my, <laughs> My scalp, as every time you say something about a NASCAR, I'm just like, Yeah, <laughs> it's okay, it's not a big deal.
1: I know it's wrong, I know it's the wrong terminology for it, but I still do it anyway. Just it every, is whatever,
2: just a little bit of my heart just dies every single time you do it. <laughs>
1: Uh, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Uh, let's go through the podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, check out the fully postal wrestling figure podcast drunk wrestling history doing the favor with Eric and bearing positivity pro wrestling, positively pro wrestling, not positivity. My, uh, words are getting twisted up here. Lap traffic podcast. They just, uh, they just had episode 300. Did, yes. Not too
2: long ago. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah.
1: Howling with the wolf with Jason Wolf and his, uh, chop shop as nice. well. And also a, uh, Disney world podcast that I've gotten to listen to with, uh, Rant with Ant, uh, Magic and the Mouse. Nice. And I know you're going to go into Breaker and Bane, but I, I want to plug Bane's music. I do Just too. real yeah. quick, his music. I heard him talk on the podcast this, this past week about not getting that many downloads with his new album or, new, or mm-hmm. listens or streams or whatever with his new album. I hate that for him. I do too. That album is incredible. I know I purchased it on iTunes, right. but I don't. I purchased it to support him for sure because I listen to it on Google music, but right. he doesn't have access to see the streams on Google, Google music, but y'all go out and check out his, his music, especially yeah. his last album. Me personally, that's the kind of music I like the most, right? Just check it out. Uh, B a Y N just go, go check out his music.
2: I I know I wonder how that works because uh, I heard the exact same thing. I've kind of felt uh, I don't not so much guilty because every time the Bane song comes up on my in my truck, I always listen to it. You know, I always jam out to it. I wonder. I don't know how that works though. Like, is that considered streaming? So, like, I use Apple Music, so I bought the album, and then I just kind of thought every time it it plays. In its entirety Like does that count as a stream?
1: I think it only counts if you're using the apple play like or the apple uh, music thing like the uh, the This this uh subscription service. Yeah, the like ten dollar a month thing where you get to listen to the music You want to listen to yeah as opposed to actually buying the album and listening to the album.
2: So That's so because that's how I listen to my music is through apple music. So I wonder if like, I mean, I don't know. Cause I feel like I would be, you know, there's a lot of royalties going to him because of, I mean, it's almost every other song on my mm-hmm. phone. It's Banes, you know? So I always out of respect for him. Plus I love his music, especially like some of his really, really, really early stuff like on fire. I love that. I love that song.
1: Well, he did mention that his older stuff's getting a lot more play right now. Yeah. than his new stuff is, which like, I mean, that's awesome. I just don't understand why his new stuff isn't keeping up.
2: No idea. Because, because it's great.
1: Yeah, it really is. But, but anyway, yes. going to your going to your list.
2: Speaking of Bane, of uh, starting us off, of course we have Brian Breaker and Big Underscore Bane Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Uh, you can go back and listen to the archives of you know it's fake, right? With Brian Breaker and a guest uh, here soon, probably in. T- january 2023 we can start listening to saturday morning rumble wheel rumble wheel golly saturday morning rumble wheel really excited about that one that was with brian breaker and daniel cross of course we have tb toy cat soda (laughs) soda it's happening it's happening this rowdy energy gotta get gotta get through the plugs you know toy uh, toy b <laughs> oh no i'm so sick let me just like preface this by saying like right before we hopped on i did uh two things of um what's that called thermoflu oh goodness so like man <laughs> it's been a wild ride we've been on for the last hour and a half um tb toy cast with brian breaker and travis fowler um of course the legendary no holds barred with bill penis man you know what did you listen to that last episode
1: i did
2: (laughs) i don't know you know we we just sat here and talked about how good bane's music is and stuff and now i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i'm gonna heel turn
1: well i mean he did the heel turn
2: what a jerk (laughs) what a jerk you know i think bill Benis is just a very misunderstood human being who has a heart and who wants to love and just wants to live that American, the American dream? And you know what? Bain has done nothing but ridiculed him. He's done nothing but made embarrassed him. And he's a sixteen-year veteran. That's not true. He's an eighteen-year-old veteran who took the last sixteen-year right.
1: Eighteen-year veteran to the last sixteen. Yes. Years. Just, okay. Just yes. like me.
2: Thank you. Yes. Eighteen-year-old veteran. <laughs> 18 year old. (laughs) Golly. 18 year veteran who took the last 16 years off, and that's okay. And like, I just feel like he's very just misunderstood. And Bane is just being a butthole because he can be a butthole. (laughs) Like, that's a lot. It's a lot of things. And I'm not too, not too fond of Bane right now, but I'll tell you who I am fond of. And that is. Tales from the Estate, who just celebrated their 100th episode, which our commercial debuted, so that was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, um, uh, go, go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin Vinsel. Uh, next, we have pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a chair shot. That was always a, a really fun one. Uh, Dale Jr. download with Dale Jr. and Mike Davis. Door bumper clear with T.J. Majors, Freddie Kraft, and Brett Griffin. Stacking pennies with Corey Lejoy and Ryan Flores. Also, Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR, also has a podcast uh, called "Authenticated: The Diecast Collectors Podcast." I lost my uh, place in my my script right there. So, I didn't know what it
1: was called, so I was completely relying on you for that yeah
2: authenticated the diecast collectors <laughs> podcast of course uh rowdy energy the official energy drink of in the marbles with soda and ethan and that is all i got uh
1: i want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show if you would please rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on and uh follow us on all our social media twitter and instagram at in the marbles pod and you can find us on facebook just search in the marbles with soda and ethan you'll probably find us um, you can also email the show anything you want to email, questions, comments, whatever, at in the pod at gmail.com. If you go to watermaneuver.net, you can search by store in the top left corner, scroll down to in the marbles, and you'll find our shirts, which is a great way to support the show. And uh, before we get out here, you got anything on that? As
2: always, peace, love, all of the above.
1: And we'll see you next time in the marbles.